Let's stand together. If you can grab your swords, uh, your Bibles, please. Youth, you are going to kick it like a cricket and remain with us today here in main service. We will be going through the Gospel of Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. So if you can open up to Mark chapter 5, that would be great. And I need to start that. I hope I started the timer correctly. If not, I will use this watch. Okay. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 25, and we'll be reading to verse 34. Uh, And I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning, so if you could follow along, that would be great. Starting in verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, um, thank you, Lord, that we can be in your word. Lord, we just want to put everything aside and focus on you. God, I pray that you would just protect this time from all distractions, Lord. That the enemy would not have a foothold in this place today. That your Holy Spirit would fill me, Lord, and speak through me. That every word would be led by your Holy Spirit. That you would be glorified. And that we would grow because of your word, Lord. And that because of the teaching today, we would draw closer to you. So speak to our hearts, Lord, in a mighty way. For your honor and glory in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So, before we get into this beautiful account this morning, I want to just... um, Give you a little bit of background, all right? Set the scene, if you will. Set the mood as far as what's going on um, before Jesus meets this woman. So Jesus and his disciples, they've just crossed over the Sea of Galilee, okay? And they landed on the shore there. And we are told that a great multitude gathered to him while he's there on the shore. And part of this multitude, a Jewish ruler of the synagogue, his name is Jairus. He comes up to Jesus, and he starts begging Jesus. He comes to his feet, and he's telling Jesus, he goes, Man, my daughter's dying. She's 12 years old. I need you. Come, please, heal her. And so Jesus, he does. He says, Okay. He goes, Let's go. So you have Jesus with his disciples, along with Jairus, and they're on their way to Jairus' home where his daughter is at, and the multitude is following them. Mark says that the multitude thronged him. 
In the original Greek word for throng, it means to compress, means to crowd on all sides. So if you can picture, if you can imagine the scene, man, it's, it's pretty much chaos, okay? People are all around Jesus, and they're following, they're pushing him, they're, you know, they're yelling. They're, it, it, it's just chaos, you know, and the thing I can picture for chaos is um, back home in Hawaii, the supermarkets, you know, when Spam's on sale, you know? <laughs> Hawaiians, I'm sorry, we love Spam. You know, that's the tri-tip of our diet. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm sorry, we do. You know, just chaos, you know, and so that's kind of the scene here, what's going on. And so this is what um, is presented to us. So let's begin in chapter 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Now we're not giving the name of this woman. We're not giving any other information. We're not told where she was from, anything of that nature. All we know is that she had an affliction, this flow of blood. And it's been going on for 12 years. This is something that she's been dealing with. And that's a very long time, 12 years. And right away we recognize that she's facing much adversity just by this short verse, just by these few words. And to give you an idea of what she's going through, you know, let's kind of do like a little role playing, okay? Let's, let's put our feet in her sandals and what she's facing and what she's going through. First of all, she's a woman. We see that. Now in the Jewish culture, during this time, your rights were pretty much limited, and your role in life was pretty much defined for you as a woman. And this is what she's facing. For example, you were subservient to men, such as you walked while men rode. Ladies, please no uh, fat, tired noises as I go through this list. As I read, I don't want, psst, yeah, right, I'm not, yeah, <laughs> This is what it was back then for a woman. You served men first before you ate. You had little to no opinion in affairs pertaining to livelihood. In a nutshell, your role was to bear children and take care of the household as a woman. This was your role. Second thing, you have a hemorrhage. She has a flow of blood, we're told. And by the Old Testament law, that made you legally unclean. And that says a lot for a Jewish person as far as culture, society, as far as what you can and cannot do, where you can go, where you can't go. You see blood and bodily fluids, there was a serious issue. I'm going to turn to Leviticus chapter 15, and if you folks want to turn with me, you can. You can to follow along. Verses 19 through 25, this is what it says. If a woman has a discharge and the discharge from her body is blood, she shall be set apart seven days and whoever touches her shall be unclean until evening. Everything that she lies on doing her impurity shall be unclean. Also, everything that she sits on shall be unclean. Whoever touches her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. And whoever touches anything that she sat on shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. If anything is on her bed or on anything on which she sits, when he touches it, he shall be unclean until evening. And if any man lies with her at all so that her impurity is on him, he shall be unclean seven days and every bed on which he lies shall be unclean. If a woman has a discharge of blood for many days other than at the time of her customary impurity, or if it runs beyond her usual time of impurity, all the days of her unclean discharge shall be as the days of her customary impurity. 
she shall be unclean. So you see, you were a social outcast. Besides being this woman, you were a social outcast. People stayed away from you and treated you as such. You weren't even allowed to go into the temple to worship. And this woman has been isolated by her family and friends. And more importantly, she probably feels that towards God because she can't even go to the temple to worship. That's her situation. That's her life. And this has been going on for 12 years. You kind of get in the picture where this woman is at, everything that she's facing. And it's kind of easy just to skim over that. Verse 26 says, And had suffered many things, referring to the woman, from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. So she sought help from physicians. She spent everything she had, everything she had on trying to get better. She had nothing. And it grew worse. She didn't get any better from this. And for this woman to see a physician, that probably raised some eyebrows as well amongst her peers. You see, we need to understand physicians, they weren't that popular amongst the Jews. And there's a reason for that. The Jews believed and they were told that sickness and disease were due to disobedience and sin. If you read in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 58 and 59, it reads... If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law, speaking of the law that was given to Moses by God for the Israelites, that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sickness. You see, and this mindset was still prevalent during this time, during this time of Jesus. Because if you read in the Gospel of John in chapter 9, in the first few verses, we see Jesus and he's with his disciples and they pass by this man who's blind and he's blind from birth. And his disciples, they turn to Jesus and they say, Jesus, man, what, did this guy sin or did his parents sin for him to be in this condition? So that was their mindset. And Jesus said, no, neither. Neither of that. But that was the mindset as far as the people during that time. So you can't help but wonder if this woman was being called a sinner as well because of her infirmity. Because she still has this 12 years going on. Man, things are just piling up on this woman, huh? She's in a hole. But as time passed, physicians became more common not fully accepted by the Jews, but they were around. I mean, if you look, our beloved brother Luke, he was a physician. That was his profession. And that's in Colossians chapter 4. And so this woman, she, it says that she went to many physicians seeking help. But they did nothing for her. They didn't help her with her problem. They didn't help her with her situation. You know, she was at the end of her rope. She needed to do something about it, man. She was desperate. She needed change. She needed help. In 1833, a boy named Alfred was born in Stockholm. Alfred, he came from a very good family. His family loved him. They were well-to-do. And so as he grew, his parents sent him off to school to study chemical engineering. And so that's what he did. He had a passion for it. In his studies, he became fascinated with nitroglycerin. I like him already. 
Sorry, I like to blow stuff up. <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> and so as this evolved, he opened up a factory to study it further. Well, unfortunately, an incident happened at this factory and there was an explosion. People died. One of the people that died in this factory was his brother. So Alfred continued with his work because there was something there and he was continually fascinated by this. In 1867, he invented dynamite. Little Alfred invented dynamite. And because of this, he became extremely, extremely wealthy. Over the years, he saw how his invention was used in cruel ways to hurt people. And it crushed them because that wasn't his intent of what he created for. But people were using it for the wrong things. And people were dying and being hurt because of it. So he made up his mind to do something about it, to reverse the damage that he had done. He said, you know what, man, i got to make a change. Something's got to happen. When he died in 1896, he left his entire fortune to award and recognize people who benefit and help mankind. Millions. And in that day and age, millions was a lot of money. Millions is a lot of money now. 20 bucks is a lot of money to me. So you can imagine millions. And you know what? Five years after he did this, the first award went out. So in 1901, the first award went out to recognize people that did this. And you know what? That award still continues to this day. You know what Alfred's last name was? Nobel. The Nobel Prize because of him. He wanted to make a change. He wanted to do something about it. He made the effort to do something. And we're going to read, so was this woman. Because she spent, she tried the world's way. Something needed to happen in her life. And it's going to happen. And it's going to happen through Jesus Christ. We're going to read that. In verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So this woman, she heard about Jesus. And the original Greek word for heard means be reported. Okay? So she heard detailed reports as to who Jesus was. The miracles that he was doing in the area. His power. And she believed what she heard. And that became her faith in Jesus Christ. Man, that's beautiful. You know, she said, this is it. He's the answer. I found it. This is the change. I know it in my heart to be true. Because she said to herself and believed that all she had to do was touch his clothes and she would be completely healed. What a beautiful picture of her faith being put into action. I mean, it's happening right before our eyes. And it's such a testimony to us. You know, it's like the story that I shared with the youth before, putting faith into action. Across the Niagara Falls, this guy put up this tightrope, right? And so all this crowd gathered because they wanted to watch this guy walk across the Niagara Falls on the tightrope. I mean, who wouldn't? So this crowd is there, and he goes up, and he grabs his pole, and he walks across the tightrope, one foot in front of the other. And lo and behold, he makes it all the way to the other side. People are screaming, woo! He goes, I ain't done. 
He goes back, backwards, all the way to where he came from. People are like, no way, this guy's awesome. He made it all the way. People are screaming, jumping up and down, especially one man in particular. I mean, he's just out of control. You're the greatest. Donuts for everybody. I love you, man. You cannot fail. So the guy goes, how many of you guys want to see me do this again? And the guys, everybody's jumping up and down, especially the guy. He goes, yeah, yeah, let's do this again, man. You can do anything. He goes, okay, sir, why don't you come on my back? Whoa. Sorry. Wait, what? You want me to go on your back? Ooh, I got some burritos cooking in the oven, man. I got to go. Faith put into action. When it came time to put out, he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't have that much faith in you. I really don't. This woman, her faith being put into action. She believed and she put one foot in front of the other. And she's going to be healed because of it. You know, I love how it says she came behind him in the crowd. No doubt she was weak. She was tired. She's being trampled on. She's a little frail woman. She has no strength in her. And she's coming up to Jesus because of her faith. She pushed forward because nothing else mattered to her but Jesus. The obstacles that were in her way. She could have easily said, you know what? I'm done. I can't do this. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to go on the side. I'm just going to go back home. I can't do this. But she didn't. She pushed forward this little tiny woman. Because she said, all I want is to touch Jesus. He's everything to me. I've been to the world. I've sought everything. People gave me advice. I've tried this. I've tried that for my joy, for my pleasure. I've tried. And you know what? I have nothing. And you know, sometimes that's what it takes, doesn't it? Sad to say, for us to get to that point. I know I can testify to that. That's how God got my attention. I hit rock bottom. There was no place to go but up. And I regret getting to that place because I allowed that to happen in my life. But nonetheless, that's what needed to happen. And God got my attention fully and completely. And I came running to him like a big baby. But this woman, she did not let these things stop her. She pursued Jesus with everything she had in her. Everything she had in her because nothing mattered. She didn't care what people thought about her. She didn't care what was going on, what the customs was. All she felt in her heart was, I need Jesus. Is that where you're at this morning? I need Jesus. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired. I'm so tired. Because Jesus is waiting. He's waiting. We just need to come to him. So my question this morning to you is what are we allowing in our lives to come between us and Jesus? That's stopping us from pursuing him with every ounce of fiber that we have. What is it? We just need to let it go. Let it go. Bring it to him. Lay it at his feet just as we are. 
Because he doesn't say, you know what, I need you to be a certain way or I need you to do this, this, this and that before you can come to me. He's all, uh-uh. You bring everything that you have, all your baggage, I want it. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's our Jesus. Amen. And that is what this woman, that is what she did. She came to Jesus with all her baggage and she gave it to him. Her faith in Jesus she pursued him with everything she had. Look at me in verse 29. It says, Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Man, I tell you what, I love how Jesus works. I love how he works. He goes straight to the source, doesn't he? He doesn't play around. Whatever's going on in your life, man, he goes straight after it. Because in that, not only did he heal her bleeding, he healed everything else that was going on in her life. The pain, the suffering, the isolation, the anger, the poverty, her depression. Gone like that. And you know what? The beautiful thing is, is that this is the same Jesus who is alive today that we serve today. You see, my Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, verse 8. And what he did for this woman, he will do for you as well. I guarantee it. I'm living testimony to that. You know, the greatest miracle here that this woman received was not for her bleeding, but the birth of her faith and belief in Jesus Christ. It really is. And we can't overlook that because that is the greatest miracle that we read in this account. 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 says this, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been, ass and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Faith. That's the faith that she had in Christ Jesus. And her salvation came because of that. And it was in Jesus Christ. Because I tell you what, you see all of this, all of this, it's all passing away. It's all passing away. What's the saying? Death and taxes. Only two things that are guaranteed in life. But I tell you, salvation is forever. It's forever. And that's what matters, isn't it? That's the greatest miracle. To come to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I'm so sorry of my sins. Come into my life. I want to live for you. Be the Lord of my life. That's what it's all about. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, 
turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. You see, man, God's big, isn't he? God's everything. Jesus, he knew who touched him. And we got to understand that Jesus knew every detail of this encounter. The woman, the affliction, the time of day, the location, the multitude, everything that's transpiring. Jesus knew every detail of that. Man, he's good, isn't he? <laughs> His timing is always perfect. Always perfect. You see, by Jesus stopping and asking, the stage is being set for God to be glorified. There's a reason why he's stopping and asking. Because if you can imagine, the crowd is thronging, the multitude is thronging him, and he stops, and everybody's quiet. They're like, oh, what's going on? He's talking. Let's find out what's going on. And that's the stage that is being set because God's going to be glorified on this stage. And so in response, Jesus' disciples, they're like, really? Look at all these people. And you're asking who touched you? <coughs> but Jesus says nothing. He just looks and he waits for this woman to come forward. You know, when I was reading this, in verse 31, it says the multitude were thronging Jesus. And it made me think, you know, because you have all these people that are around Jesus, they're pressing him, they're touching him, and, 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 and all of this chaos is going on around him, and it's this woman who gets healed. But you have all these people around him. And I started to think, am I just hanging around Jesus thronging? Am I just going through the flow? Am I just walking through the motions? Am I part of this multitude? Or am I like this woman? Am I seeking him with everything that I have, unafraid? Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it's the power of God. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what people think. I'm going to pursue Jesus with everything I have. Or am I just hanging around? thronging has the Lord been speaking to you about doing something about maybe making a change pushing you in a direction what's stopping you really what's stopping you think about it everything is for his glory give it all to him give it all to him Verse 33, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. So this woman who Jesus just healed comes forward and she tells him everything. And you know what, man? I, I just wish that I could be there because how beautiful her testimony must have been. Because we just kind of went over briefly what she was going through at this time. We didn't cover the 12 years of stuff that she went through. Oh, she knows it. It's all fresh in her mind and in her heart. 
But to hear her testimony, I mean, I, I envision her on her knees at the feet of Jesus, crying uncontrollably, trying to put words together, but she can't because of what Jesus did, you know, just did for her. Psalms 107, verse 31 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt Him also in the assembly of the people and praise Him in the company of the elders. You see, I believe that through her testimony, first of all, God was glorified. And also some of these people that are in the, mul in the multitude that stopped to listen, man, they were touched and they believed. How powerful is that? You see, the stage was set and God was glorified. And as this year comes to a close, man, what's your testimony? What did God do for you this year that can be used for His glory? So that we can sing praises unto Him for what He did for us. Because I tell you right now, just the fact that you're here breathing and living is a testimony in itself. Because we can take that for granted, can't we? Life, until it hits you in the face. There's so much that we can be thankful for. Verse 34 says, And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You know, when we started in verse 25, we read that this woman, she was identified as a certain woman. That's how she was identified. And now in verse 34, she's identified as daughter. By the creator of the universe and the savior of the world. So something happened from verse 25 to verse 34 in that time. And it's that faith. She believed in Jesus Christ. And now she's daughter. You see, no one brought this woman to Jesus. Or no one went and got Jesus and brought him to her. She heard and believed in faith who Jesus was. Because of her faith, she pursued Jesus with everything she had and let nothing stand in her way. She went to Jesus. She did. She pursued Jesus and went after him in faith. And because of that, she was healed and her life was forever changed. Luke 9, 23, love this verse. Many of you guys probably know this verse by heart. It says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And you know what? This verse pretty much sums up this entire account of what we just read, of what we just went over. Because it's all about going after Jesus and following Him. As I said earlier, Jesus Himself, He says, If anyone desires to come after me, man, just come. Come.
come, follow me. Because he sees our hearts, and that's what matters. The Word of God says, you know what, I don't desire all this sacrifice. Don't, don't, don't bring all this stuff. Don't, don't be for show. Don't show me all these things. You know, don't go through the motion. I want your heart. Where's your heart this morning? Where's my heart this morning? Is Jesus everything in your life? Are you pursuing Him? Am I pursuing Him? Because that's what He wants. And we need to push everything aside as this woman did and take up our cross and just follow Him. Follow Him. You know, I look at the youth and um, it's, it's such a blessing being back there. It really is. Um, and man, the things they go through nowadays. Have you guys ever stopped? Just, I know adults were busy, you know, we're working, taking care of bills and doing our things that we need to to provide for our family and, and life, you know, just chokes up on us. And, um, but have you guys ever stopped to look around to see what your kids or nephews and nieces, what they're surrounded by these days, the obstacles that they're facing? Everything that's on the internet, the songs, that's why they're giggling because they know all the stuff that's on the internet. The songs that are there, you know, things that they're exposed to. I mean, it's always hitting them in the face. I tried listening to some songs on the radio, and um, man, you know what? And it was a hip-hop station, and I had to turn it. Because everything, every song had to do with sex or money or violence. And this is what our kids are listening to. They're consumed by it. And you know what? It's killing them. It's killing them. They have access to this 24-7. They don't understand. Us folk, my age, the TV used to go to sleep, didn't it? When we were growing up, it would shut off. They would sing the national anthem. Some of you guys may have forgotten this. They would sing the national anthem. Everybody knew, oh, I got to go to sleep now. And then it would go. Some stations would have that, like, it looked like a radar with a number four on it. And it would just have that screen there all night. And then in the morning at a certain time, come back on. Woo, back in action. You know, even telephones, man. Jeez, these guys have access to everything with their phones. The only phones we had were the ones in the kitchen that had the 80-yard cord that we could walk from the kitchen to the front yard and take the garbage out and come back in. You remember those? These kids don't know what that's about. Everything's wireless, smart, touching the... But that's what they're facing, these obstacles. You know? Please pray for them, man, because they're getting hammered. They need Jesus. They really do. Get involved with your kids' lives. Find out what's going on. You know, be that light to them. Pursuing Jesus. That's what it's all about. Pursuing Him. You know, if some of you guys are here today and the Lord is speaking to you, we always, always 
want to invite you to come and be saved. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come up after service. Speak to me or one of the other leaders, and we'll pray with you, man. We will pray with you. Let today be the day of salvation for you so that you can start your pursuit of Jesus now and that it's done daily and we continue to pursue him. And if you guys need prayer for anything else, man, if, if, these, if you've been letting obstacles in your life stop you from this to deter you, man, let's pray. Let's get it out of your life. Because is it really worth it when we stand before Jesus Christ? Because are we going to say, hey, Lord, um, you know what, man? I'm coming into heaven because, remember, you healed me. So I'm your boy. Let me in. Uh-uh. He's going to say, is your name in the book of life? What did you do with me? Am I your Lord and Savior? And what's going to be your answer then? Man. God's good, isn't he? Come just as you are. That's the Jesus we serve. He says, come, I'll take you right as you are, and I'm going to change your life right where you're at, and I'm going to heal you of everything that's going on in your life. I guarantee it. Let's bow and pray. Father God, thank you so much for this time in your word, Lord. Um, God, you're so good. And the truth of your word, Lord, it's living and it's active and it divides, Lord. It pierces our hearts. And I thank you for that, Lord, because we need that sometimes. We need this reminder of who you are. That our time on this earth is short, Lord. That things are getting so bad so quick. But you know what? You're the light. You're the strength. So I pray that we would finish the race strong that we would put aside everything in our life that's a distraction, and that we would pursue you in faith with everything that we have, God. That's our heart's desire this morning. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for our sins so that we can have life through your Son, Jesus Christ. Go with us this week. Lord, help us, teach us how to be your sons and daughters, to be light and salt in this world. You are so good, and we are so in love with you. Pray these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.